For over 20 years, Dr. James Maxwell and his team at Crestwood Dental have been providing quality care to patients of all ages. They offer a variety of services from cleanings to cosmetic dentistry and restorations with today's most advanced technology, including the most up-to-date lasers, digital x-rays, and impressions. They offer Invisalign and custom aligners with their 3D printer. Crestwood Dental accepts most insurance plans and a membership program for uninsured patients. Schedule today at 314-463-5655 or Crestwood dental.com this is the last minute blues podcast with jeff burton donnie fandango and former blues defenseman jamie rivers it is the last minute blues podcast jamie jeff donnie i uh, hear for yet another episode of uh, of god only knows what to be very <laughs> honest with you there could be some guffaws there could be some laughs we just don't uh, know yet just say a guffaw a, a guffaw, guffaw. yeah okay. yeah okay you got me. Yeah, you're already out. No, what the hell is a guffaw? <laughs> it's just like a laugh. Yeah, it's a it's a thought. It's, it's like a laugh, like a chuckle for a guffaw or a few laughs. Listen, man. Well, a guffaw could be something. You know what a guffaw is? No, I honestly don't. I, I think it's just a sorry. It's I'm a, it's not loud. Ra- hey, sorry, I'm not radio guy. Oh, uh, that's okay. Oh, no, you don't no, have no, to no, be that sorry. Was, that okay. was from, my, from uh, one of my uh, 18 months at uh, Florissant Valley Community College nice. when I was actually att- attending classes, which was not all the time. 18 months, you graduated early, huh? Oh no, well, well, there's that whole thing. My son asked me the other day. I still not, don't know what a guffaw is. Just a laugh. Just a laugh. But then why would you have guffaw and laughs? No, it is. It's redundant. A hundred percent. Are you are you done making the point <laughs> yeah, there, guy? <laughs> <laughs> I honestly had no idea what the heck a guffaw was. But Maybe I it wanted... didn't make it up to Canada. <laughs> I can't imagine why. <laughs> <laughs> it's not very successful here either. Why take it up there, you know? Right, right. So your son what now? No, no. He just asked me the other day if I felt like a failure because I dropped out of college. Oh, boy. <laughs> wow. And you said, no, there's many other reasons why I, I feel right. <laughs> right. Actually, yeah. it was somewhat similar to I that. I can't yeah. keep a lawnmower running. That's one of the reasons why I feel like a failure. I, I get that from time to time. My kids will be like, well, you never even went to college. Like, why is it important for us to go? Not my oldest. She's like a whiz kid. She's like, I get college. This college thing's easy, Dad. You yep. know? Yep. She's going pre-med. I'm going broke. Anyways. <laughs> but my, my boys will be like, well, you never went to college. Well, I'm like, sorry, guys, I went to the University of the NHL. Right. Like, yeah. at 18, I was here in St. Louis skating around trying to make a living. And at 18, you're going to be hopefully walking across the stage to get a diploma. Right. I, I made money. You're costing me money. Right? Good point, Jeff. Thank I've never dropped much. that one yet. Oh, you do it. But, uh, <laughs> you do got it. that one for your back pocket yeah, these yeah, days. Yeah, but I get it too, Donnie. You are not the only one that gets the... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who the heck are you to tell me to get a good education? Well, and then when you try to explain it to him. So I, I try to explain, like, all right, Dex, well, the reason that Dad dropped out is because I was given a job offer in radio in the field that I was going to school for. That's what I say, too. It, it, it felt like it was the right thing to do. And he's still looking at me like, uh, okay, whatever. Uh-huh. You're a dropout. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, like, yeah, it does, doesn't matter there, old man. I still understand But that. Dexter will probably try to do that to you in a few years. <laughs> is it better if you were the dropout or if, is it better if you change the narrative and say they kicked me out? Like for street cred. Uh, oh, boy. I got kicked out of two high schools. There's no street cred there. It's, you're no. an idiot, pretty but much. That, but that's high school, right? So yes. if it was college and you say, I dropped out, people always look at you like, oh, so sorry. Yeah. And sorry. then, but then if you're like, 
Yeah, I partied too hard and they kicked me out. All of a sudden, you're Burt Kreischer. Right. Sure. You know what I'm sure. Yeah, going on tour and telling stories. I, I, just, yeah. I just feel like my kids would be able to sniff that one out and you be like, so? oh, yeah, no, 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 no. You're a dropout. You can say it <laughs> all you want. You, now. <laughs> you, can, you can say that all you want. Yeah, we're still paying bills. Thank Jesus. So, uh, all right, let's go back to a little hockey over the weekend there, fellas. Uh, Blues lose on Saturday night. Uh, they get the W, I guess, on Friday evening. Right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No. No. It wasn't it Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday Saturday. Thursday, Saturday. That's what it was. Apologies. I know, guys. I was doing the same thing earlier today. I was like, what the heck? So, so I, the, weird. The what first thing that I, that obviously, that I want to ask you, you know, the, the, to get the number of points that they did in Minnesota, I think it's a, it, it's a positive. But, obviously, the leads were given back in two of those three games. Jamie, can you kind of talk about that? Again, knowing that the other team wants it bad, too, and uh, and are a good hockey team. Yeah, look, five out of six points when you're at the at the spot that the Blues are and they're still battling injuries on a daily basis. Hectory Krug doesn't even get to play the last game. Uh, yeah, you're just sitting there going, I'll take it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it Picasso? Okay, it started out great. I thought the Blues played an incredible 40 to 50-ish minutes, maybe just – about the 15, 14-minute mark left in the third in that last game, you could see it starting to dip. Maybe they're tired. Yeah. Maybe they're tired, guys. I mean, it's possible Justin Falk had played like 50-plus minutes in two games. Right. Um, you know, Ryan O'Reilly, we know how hard he plays, and David Perron, and maybe they were tired. It happens. It it, it, it happens. And Minnesota has a very um, electric team. Like, they can turn the puck quickly in transition, and they're gone. Right, They're so fast, and they're able to score goals at a quick pace, and they're able to maintain pressure for long periods of time. So, uh, look, it is what it is. You'd hate to give back leads, but in the first one, I'm happy they close it out. They find a way to win. Mm -hmm. And then the last one, they found a way to lose. It It is what it is. They made some tired decisions. They looked like they were just kind of done. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but... You still salvaged a point. Like I said, five out of six points. And what, the two wins against Colorado before that? Take it. I'll take it. If that's going to be our wake-up call, is losing in overtime and handing back a two-goal lead, and then they can reset and refocus, I'll take it rather than the three-game losing streak. Sure. So I want to talk to you about the reset, refocus part at this point in the season. So the grind has full-on been going on for a while. You are in the middle of pushing for a playoff spot, so all of these games matter. How are you rehabbing your body on the day off? And then what are you doing on the game day today? So, because I, I would assume that taking care of your body at this point is going to be one of the most important things in which that you are doing for the rest of the way. Yeah, look, you're in you're in maintenance mode here where after every game, you're probably directly putting an ice bag on three or four different spots. And, and then, is this every player on the team? Better be. It better be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at this point, everybody has something going yeah, okay. on. Um, but, you know, my my ritual was, not ritual, the way I maintained myself was ice packs on the direct problem, so block shots or whatever, ice bags would go there. And then once I was done with that, it was into the ice bath, right up to my chin for a good 10 minutes just to freeze everything. In case I missed something earlier, I just got it. And then you're obviously, you know, you're on the meds, you're on the anti-inflammatories, you're trying to drink a lot of water, trying to stay out of the bar. Listen, you're going to have a few sodas after the game. I always did it. You pretty much deserve it, man. You do, you do. But, you know, some people in today's game would be like, 
oh, no, no, you need the protein shake and you need to rehydrate and be yeah. ready to go. You're right. I will rehydrate my hangover tomorrow morning. I mean, that's pretty much how I'm going to <laughs> do it. Worked for you, didn't it? it well, yeah, I don't know, Jeff. That's it worked debatable. for you. It's debatable. It. Some would, some would uh, say different. Now, but that being said, with the game so close in proximity, I'm probably not burning the candle at both ends. I'm probably being pretty responsible and, and making sure that my body's ready to go. And on game days like today, I go down early all the time, and I'd always have like a really warm shower, stretch like crazy, get on the ice and just kind of work out the kinks. You know, your knees, your hips are sore, your back, your shoulders, making sure everything has got its, it's oiled up and ready to go, then get off the ice and then continue with the ice bath and all that. It's, it's a up and down. It's like cold, hot, cold, hot, cold, hot. And that's on purpose to confuse the body to where when it's cold, everything contracts. It forces everything to contract and move and you heat it up and it expands. So, that the body itself, when you do that, it's actually healing itself. Do you get pop-up little injuries like you didn't almost know once stuff starts thawing out? Like, is this the reason why people, not necessarily a Tory Krug, but somebody would be a surprise scratch after a pregame skate or something? It's, man, look, it's been however many games, I just can't do it tonight. Yeah, it's it's not really a pop-up. What it is is it's something you've been maintaining, and when you're playing through an injury, you run the risk of making that injury worse. So I don't know what's going on with Tory Krug. Let's just hypothetically say... It's a hip flexor or something like that. Well, you can try to maintain that, but at one point you're going to overstretch yourself on the ice. You're going to push too hard. You're going to get caught up in a, a traffic jam and get hit or whatever, and all of a sudden it's just going to go pop, and you know, now you're done. Mm-hmm. Now you cause way more damage by continuing to play. Let's get it. Let's get off the ice. Let's get some ice on it. Use the electrical stem. Get some massage. Get the hot tub. Get the ice bath. And you just try to as quickly as possible get that thing back to game. Have you shape. ever used a stem before? An electric, uh-uh. electric stem. I. I. We have no. a couple of them actually. Oh, I had to buy them. Need, yeah, we have two. We bought from the chiropractor, and they're great because it's. And correct me if I'm wrong. Just a couple of boom, boom, and then the electro the electricity goes from one to the other. And works out that muscle, correct? Wow. Yeah, or well, fools it or something. I don't know. Either way, no, it works. No, what happens is um, there's there's two positives and two negative stickers that you put on you. And you make sure that the negative stickers are diagonal from each other and the positive ones are diagonal. And you kind of make this little rectangle or square around your injury. And the electrical currents stimulate the muscles through those pathways. Wow, that's so, cool. Yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of like taking a set of booster cables and starting your car. The stim, the electrical stimulus, like jump starts your muscles in that area and helps it heal. Cannot you cannot start your car with that though. I, I like saying I no, like but I, I did have a guy in junior one time. This this needs to be told. It, <laughs> it cannot go untold. All right, okay? I'm already there. <laughs> His name was Gary Coupel, and people Google Gary Coupel. Please do yourself the 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 favor of do of, of googling Gary Coupel. He was banned from every league he ever played in. I'm Googling Okay, him. he played junior hockey with me in Sudbury, got banned from the OHL. Went on to, like, the UHL, got banned there. The IHL got banned there. He, um, and, and this is way off the rails, but I have to tell, I feel like we should have a whole episode on Gary because, boy, he was he was unique. <laughs> he was from Cape Real, Ontario, which is right outside of Sudbury where the men are men, right? Like, I'm telling you. He was bear bait in the summer. That was his job. <laughs> <laughs> you laugh. They would spray him with urine. And send him out into the woods, and then bears would try to attack him or mate with him. I'm not sure which one it was, and people would hunt the bears. I'm like, Gary, what if they what if they miss? Yeah. I never thought of that, Riv. I'm like, okay. So Gary Coupel. That's Kupel, something you put a little thought into. Yeah. 
You think so, okay? Yeah. So Gary Coupel, also the guy, before I get to the real story, also the guy on a New Year's Eve party one time when all our hockey players were at this New Year's Eve party and, you know, the high school girls and college girls, and then there's guys there who didn't like us very much, and one guy wanted to fight Coop. And Coop goes, okay, I'll fight you. Let's go outside. He goes, okay. Hang on, let me spray bear urine on me. I'll be right back. <laughs> Almost. He goes, uh, okay, I'm going to give you five punches. Guy goes, what? He goes, I'll give you five punches, and then I'm going to beat the crap out of you. Kid's like, okay, fine. And tries to, like, the quick sucker punch. Coop goes, that's one. <laughs> he goes, like, foo, 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 foo. that's four. You got one more. You better make it count. Kid comes in and rings him with the fifth one. Coop grabs him and just <laughs> right to the ground. He's like, okay, let's go back in and party. <laughs> Was Coop just taking the punches to the face? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, literally like you were punching the wall. And we knew it. We weren't even excited. We were sitting there drinking our beers. We're like, this is going to be fun. Oh, this, this again, <laughs> right? This guy, yeah. yeah. So back to the original thing that sparked this Gary Kupal story, which, by the way, Google him. You won't be disappointed. <laughs> He's in the training room the one day, and we have the STEM machine, and he takes just the two negatives or the two positives, I forget, and sticks them on his temples. Okay? And so then we start the, I got a buck, says, you won't turn that on. Well, then you would match it. I got a buck. I got a buck. Who else is in on this? By the end of it, it's like $24 in the pot. Totally worth it. And when you're playing junior hockey, it would be like college back in the 70s, Jeff, when you were there. Sure. Um, <laughs> on no. fire today, isn't he? <laughs> Boy, he is, oh man. God, let me is. get you a pulpit over there. <laughs> <laughs> and so Coop goes, okay, I'm going to do it. So he takes the little thing, and you can see it's like clicking just a little bit, and then he fires it on. I thought he was going to like the one or two and just gradually do it. He fired it on, and it was like he went, oh, my God. Foam in the corners of his mouth. The trainer was standing about 10 feet away, and he's like, what the hell? He, like, ripped the cords out of the thing, and Coop was like, you, you guys owe me money. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> 24 bucks. So, yeah, that's wow. the the legend of Gary Kupel. So, what NHL team did he play with? No, he didn't. Get <laughs> <it>. <laughs> did he just, is the man still around? He is. He's still up in Cape Real, Ontario. I talked to him a couple of years ago. Um, he hunting bear still? I, I didn't really ask. I didn't want to get too involved. He's got kids playing hockey, and he he was a cab driver for a while, and he's a referee now in hockey. Which huh. is interesting. That's right. literally that interesting. like hiring the serial killer to find yeah. the new serial killer. Wow. Wow. I, I the amount of think. those kind of guys that you've probably known throughout the years. It's crazy. And that's what I was actually just going to kind of say that, man. Like, that's got to be one of the best parts of your of your journey is all of these little characters along the way that you forget about for a little period of time, yeah. and then you've got a story like that that brings you back. And I, I just bet you there is a lot of, of, of those little people that you've encountered throughout your Dude, career. Every year it's a new slew of characters, man. <laughs> it's like the movie has a new sequel every single year, and it's incredible. And that is one thing I would love to do before – I get out of this business whenever that is, and depends on how uh, ratings. Yeah, check are. your email, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> See if there's a box waiting in my office. Um, is to go through the list of players that I've played with and tell some of their stories. Guys that never made it. Guys that never got past junior or got buried in like the minor, minor, minor leagues. That type of thing. Because I there are some unbelievable stories. Yeah, there really are some unbelievable characters, unbelievable stories. It's fun. Would you ever write a book? No. Okay. No? 
Just, just, I mean, I'm just, well, why, but why not? I mean, you guys are both looking at me like I'm crazy. Why no, would, no, you no. Don't know they, he, he can't read. Oh, geez. you didn't know he can't One, read. Well, you know, it could be the first book ever written in crayon. Would be nice. <laughs> uh, no, you know what? I've, I've contemplated different avenues for it. To be honest, my latest thought is, and you'll find this interesting, Jeff, is to start at like 15 in my head and have an audio book, like an audio biography podcast style where I would invite people on from those eras that I played in to remind me of some of the crap that went on, to remind me of some of my own stories that I've even forgotten. And there's the good and there's the bad. And I've contemplated just saying, screw it, I will tell everything. Yeah, might as well. I I just don't know how that would be received. Sure. I I think it'd be fantastic. You You could title it like Per year, or something like, hey, here I am at age sixteen, and yeah, like something really unique. With then a and... book, I feel like as detailed as it is, you miss certain things, right? Yeah, and I would just like to tell you, even if it's a year of me putting this together and then releasing it as like a big set, even if it's like a twenty-five volume or thirty-volume thing, you've got you know the the the, the untold stories, the untold and told stories of right. Jamie Rivers, and it's like everything that I went through. Home life, everything. I don't know. To yeah, me, hell of a story. When no I'm going kidding. through it, I think about that, but then I'm like, well, who the hell cares about Jamie well, Rivers? And the other, got, first of all, a lot of people. And I would read of all, the crap um, or listen to the do, crap out of that. Do keep in mind your family can read. I was just going to say, yeah. maybe well, you got that. I, no, listen, and I've taken that into consideration, yeah. and yeah. just saying, you know what? It is what it is. Yeah. If mom, and dad, and wifey and kids are disappointed in me. Guess what? It's who I am because one day I'm going to be gone, Jeff. Right. That's and true. you know what? Like kids will wonder what, like, what was he like, and this and that, or you know, why did she hate him? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I also, volume three, I, volume three. Well, through but 20. I also think too that it, that it's kind of folly to think, man, that like. Our our kids aren't going to come up and find things out about us that that aren't you know maybe glowing. Sometimes it's like, yo, man, we're people. We had to figure it out too. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I I've done plenty of stupid crap that I have have learned from. Mm-hmm. As long as we're learning from it, that's that the point. All, first of all, I don't believe I don't that. I don't appreciate your sarcasm. I don't know particular <laughs> in this and, particular area. <laughs> and we're, we're supposed to learn. Yeah, we're supposed to. What you can always say is, "Hey, every, this all of this is yours because of what Daddy did." Oh, you know, and look around your house. They'll be like, "Yeah, remember we used to have a bigger house." Thanks, Dad. <laughs> well, Daddy did have to retire and get into radio. So. <laughs> right, a a right. bit of a pay cut. So transitioning back to our uh, our blues here, real quick. My my, what do we got to do? Is anybody concerned about a drop off a, a play tonight with it being the Ducks and you know some a team that's not playing for anything? I th- in my opinion, I think if we got the coach that we had in 2019 and we have those players that we had in 2019, they are smart enough and veteran enough to know they got to keep the foot on the gas pedal. They've been kicked in the balls an awful lot this year, guys. And you don't – usually, you know yourself, when you get kicked in the balls hard enough, you don't ever forget that moment. And so the way I look at it, if I'm the leadership in that locker room, is guys, hey, and you pick particular games. Guys, remember this game here? That feeling – I'm not coming back in here tonight with that feeling. I'm not doing it. Also, remember the other night, we came back, overtime win, huge win. Compare those two feelings, guys. We have a choice in here tonight to either come back feeling great or feeling like crap. I'm not going down that crap road. And you know what that is? That's Ryan O'Reilly before he, I think it was before his his hat trick with that the the video of him going back to the to the bench and slamming the door and just shaking his head like this. Remember that one? Yeah. 
And that was right, right, uh, right before he popped off. That's what we need the entire team to be like. I'm done with this. I'm tired of getting kicked in the teeth. Let's go do this. We're good enough to do yeah. this. And the other thing I want to – I'm sorry I'm going way back to the overtime loss. But taking that mentality to today, it would have been much – would it have been worse or the same if we were, if the Blues were the ones who tied it up and then won in overtime? Or does that matter to you? You mean the last game against many? That that last game where they tied it up right at the end, and then and then the Blues lost in overtime. You still get the point, but yeah. you had the two, and then you lost it, it. It's a good reminder, though. It really is. It's a good reminder that you have to close these teams out. Every team is dangerous, and you just beat Minnesota two in a row. You beat Colorado. You're feeling pretty good about yourself. You take your foot off the gas. You don't close it out, and it bites you. So to me, I, I'm a coach that, I use everything as a teaching moment, and I talk to the leadership. Heck, I talk to the whole team today and say, look, guys, it bit us. We're not a team that can take two, three, four, five minutes off. We've got to play 60 minutes of hockey, and when playoffs come, and for the guys who've been here before, it might take you five, six, seven periods of hockey to win that game, and you've got to be buckled down for all of them. You know, one of the things that we talked about, and this has been a couple of months, uh, but we talked about Coach Berube uh, when the guys are having a moment after a big win, something that he lets them kind of have that moment together. He doesn't come into the locker room, blah, 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 blah. Can you kind of talk about how much um, talking is he doing in, in between periods and before the games? Because I had the idea that maybe it was a lot, a lot of rah-rah stuff, mm-hmm. but I'm getting from you that it's maybe not very much at all. No, before the game, you have, first of all, game day, you have meetings that start at pregame skate. You usually uh, go over special teams in the morning. You'll talk about some of the other teams' deficiencies. So when you're doing your morning skate and you're working on, like, transition or breakouts, certain breakouts work against certain forechecks or neutral zone setups. You'll work on that in the morning skate. Go back to wherever, eat, sleep, get back to the rink. You usually have a meeting around 5. That's the overall meeting. Again, you're going over some of the systems. For the other team, a little bit of talk, that's it. We're done. 10, 15-minute maximum meeting, we're out of here. Come back right before the game starts. Chief or coaching staff will go over who the starters are for that night. A couple of little words of, hey, let's get this. Let's make sure pucks in, pucks out. Good first shift on your toes. Let's go get them. We're done. That's it. That's it. And then between periods, you don't see the coach until like three minutes left before you're out on the ice. And usually on that is just a little bit of a reminder of some things, unless, and the assistant coaches will do more of this, will come in right away with the video. And if there's something you need to go over, they'll be like, hey, sit down like next to the guy and like whoop, whoop, whoop through the iPad. Okay, great, cool. And you let the, you got to let the guys have their intermission. Okay. They've got to decompress. Some guys have little rituals that they do. Some guys tape their stick every period. Some guys get completely undressed and then redressed again. <laughs> yeah, do people a lot of people like run to the bathroom and stuff like that oh, yeah. too? Yeah. Yeah. I always just take my skates off and walk around without the skates on because your huh. feet get so my feet used to get so sore in there. And it's not just from the skates and blocking shots, right? Mm-hmm. This was before the shot blocker on the skate era started. So you have I'm like, oh my God. So I take them off. Dry them off a little bit. Maybe put them on the glove dryer so it's like almost like brand new again. Put them back on, tie them up, and go out. Some guys, Peter Zezel used to, first of all, Peter Zezel was like birthday suit underneath his gear, right? Which <laughs> it really doesn't make sense to tell that right now until every period he would get completely undressed. Completely. Like down, like nothing. And go tape his stick naked. 
and then get his all his gear back on head to toe every period. Did anybody ever say anything to him like <laughs> why you got to be naked, dude? Lots, huh? Lots, lots of people said it, but nobody ever. It wasn't so much why you got to be naked. It was more like, uh, why do you get fully undressed? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you could throw a towel around you or put some but underwear even that, on. Like, Jeff, you become numb to it. Yeah. I know you don't. Yeah. You know, but no, I, I get myself numb and then I go in there. You sure do. The, the, the genuine quizzical nature on your face when you asked that question was wonderful. Why? <laughs> <laughs> it, it was just for like... Why? Well, I'm I don't the, it looks like it's. I'm, I'm picturing the MAC downtown, where it's just uh, people walking around with just yeah, but it's not hanging like brains that. everywhere. Here's the thing: is that um, apart from maybe the adult industry, locker rooms see way more naked dudes than yeah. and guys just walk around. It, you're so used to it, and this is a, such a weird thing to talk about because my wife too and my kids are like, but the boys get it. They played hockey, right? Like, well, you just sit there naked because mm. guys would tell stories like after we all ribs was. Sitting there having a beer after the game, just butt naked and telling blah, blah, blah. My wife's like, why? Why? I'm like, you just don't get it. She's like, no, I don't. I really I don't get I'm it. Like, but we see each other all the time. It, it's not like, I don't know, once you've seen it, you're like, oh, hey, congratulations. Right, right. Right. Or I'm sorry. Yeah, one or, or two. it's too cold in here. I'm not sure. You know, here's, we had a hot water again in the shower there, Sergio. Put here's that one thing. thing it's going to strangle me. Here's one thing I'd like to do. Is change the topic. That's what I'd like to do. Anyway, the Donnie, why did you get in here? About, 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 well, I, I was not asking about nudity in the locker room. I was asking on what the coach says to the players and how much time he spends with them in between periods. But I can see how that could absolutely get into Peter Zezel I mean, being a rolls right into Peter Zezel's penis. It totally makes sense. We didn't go that far. Oh, we didn't? No. Sorry. Donnie, real, would you like to? Real, real, no. Uh, <laughs> real quick, um, uh, will Huso see much, if any, time the, re- the remainder of the year? Do you do you see that happening? Donnie, that's a great question because old Chief threw me a curveball the other night. He threw me a curveball. All of a sudden, I look up and Billy Huso's starting a game. Yeah. I was like, woo. Yeah, that was a head shaker to me. It worked out. Well, but it, it was. It was a head shaker to it me. It was, Jeff, until, until you dive into something called stats. Ooh. Huso is now, after that game, 8-1-1 one, and one on the road this Well season. done, coach. Wow. That's mm-hmm. a good decision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And they played well in front of him, and he had some big saves. Uh, I thought there was a couple he would like back, but that being said, he still had some big saves. So I would anticipate that you see Billy Huso in one of these Anaheim games for sure. And then, depending on how it plays out the rest of the way, maybe the L.A. game. That's what I would think. And I think they've got Minnesota back-to-back the last two of the season. You might see them in one of those. Again, all of this depends on where they are. Like, mm-hmm. if they win these two games against Anaheim, Coyotes drop a couple, then they clinch. Now you're going to work him in probably a little more. You're going to ask Jordan Bennington how many he would like to play, how he feels. like Because there's no catching Minnesota. So if you clinch, then let's just get everybody healthy, feeling good, and ready for the playoffs. And I was going to say, Bennington from what I understand, is overall fairly healthy. I know I'm sure he's got some stuff, but healthy from a, an eating it's standpoint and his, and his outlook at life is what I meant to yes. say by that. I know, Damn it, anyway. As you were saying it, Let's I couldn't believe it. it. I couldn't reach the mic. 26 minutes of the podcast. We, we, we talked about this last week a little bit. I see no way 
that Vince Dunn is back here next year with the way that Mikola and Weidman are playing right Wallman. now. Wallman, Wallman. I'm sorry. Wallman. Weidman's playing well, but he's in Europe. Right. He's in, yeah, he, I think he was he, in the KHL. His brother was over in the Danish league, Was uh, won the championship over there, too. So. Well, and I, But I thought Weidman actually had the most points by a defenseman in the KHL or something um, like I don't know if it was in the KHL on his team, for sure. All right. Very successful. Just resigned for two years, Donnie. Anywho. They're from uh, Kirkwood area here. <laughs> Anywho. Um, what about that with, with, I mean, do you think are is there any chance at this point? I mean, I can't say any chance, but like, I feel like the better those two play, the the more he becomes expendable, like potential expansion draft. Uh, well, look, there's a lot of them that will be expansion draft uh, eligible because you're going to protect Krug, Falk, and Pareko. I mean, that's just what you're going to do, yeah. right? I mean, you don't unprotect Krug. After you pivoted from Alex Petrangelo and you signed him, you don't leave. That that's that's pretty much saying I'm made a mistake. I want to redo. Right. And I think Tory Krug has played really well lately. His offensive numbers have jumped. Uh, he's running a very effective power play. Donnie, they've done a great job on the power play. So Tory Krug um, is trending upward, which we like absolutely. But then, so does that mean? Does that leave Marco Scandella as a guy that they would take? Well, Donnie, if we do the math, right. You're only allowed to protect three defensemen. You're going to protect Krug. Right. Falk. He's had an incredible yeah, bounce yeah. back season. Yep, and yep. Pareko. Right. Pareko counts for two people. Every, I wish, pretty much. Yeah. Everybody else is eligible. So Scandella. Um, I don't know the rule on Wallman. I think Wallman is two. Wallman, Dunn, Scandella, Mikola, Bortuzzo. Now, talk. I know what you're, you're getting at here, though, I, at least I think. Talk about the fact that the the possibility of them going, though, because there's certain when you say math, you're talking about it's not going to be a good fit for everybody. Right. From a money standpoint, a year standpoint, all that stuff. Where is that what you're getting at? If an ex- like Seattle or somebody takes them. Yeah. Look, there's there's certain players that you're going to prefer go like I don't know who Doug Armstrong would say that. But then you're going to try and push that towards Seattle. Well, when, when I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't ask it. What, what I mean is you're protecting those three. Duh, makes sense. Uh, no brainer. But are you concerned about these other guys 100%. leaving? You are. Okay. Absolutely. I thought you weren't because of situations with contracts and no. years and other rosters. And no, stuff. not at all. Okay. The only I'm, ones, Now I'm concerned. Go ahead. Yeah, you should be because all of them fall in a really, really great range for contracts for building a team. Your most expensive guy, I believe, is is Vince Dunn at just under $3 million. Oh, You're an expansion on. team. You're like, I'm all over. This kid's been incredible on the power play. He had six points in a row with Hoffman on the power play. You're like, okay, he's getting it. He's figuring it out. You know, he reminds me a lot of a Shea Theodore uh, with Las Vegas. Go back a couple of years, Shea Theodore was kind of really good upside, not quite sure. Now he's arguably number one, number two with Alex Petrangelo in Las Vegas. And he runs the first power play unit, and the guy's a damn stud. So that's a possibility that could happen. But does he live in Petrangelo's neighborhood? <laughs> I think he Petrangelo probably does, actually. has his own neighborhood. I thought I I all those players were like all in the same area or something. To Petro has a 16-car garage underground. I told him when I was talking to him last time, I said, you don't realize this, but I just stayed at your house for a week. And <laughs> you were actually home. <laughs> I drove four of your cars. I was like, even, I even threw a party down there. You know, uh, guys, I actually, depending on what you say, no. uh-huh. what about a couple emails? Uh-huh. Oh, my God. What do you right. say? Yeah. I don't. Yeah, let's do it. But 
Judging by the book of emails that you... No, hang on, Tony. Let me finish. Oh, Do... our first fight. Oh, my no, gosh. he's jumping in on me. I he was not even... going to jump in. What was I going to say? That we're not going to be able to get to them all. That's not even what I was going to say. Okay, I'm sorry to interrupt. <laughs> That's not even what I was going to say, Donnie. I just wanted to read one or two of them, Jamie, and now I feel like I'm in trouble. I don't like it. You're not in trouble. I love you, Donnie. <laughs> we can read as many as we can fit in here today, okay? Yeah. But I'm thinking maybe there's a day where we just, if we have time, we do... An, like we did the last time, just one quick podcast of answering all the emails. Yeah, I'm we're, down for that. That's all. Yeah. See, Johnny? Yeah. yeah, we're gonna have to. Why'd you go negative on me? Man. I'm gonna tell you something, people. <laughs> what you don't understand about me in this podcast room, I can't win for losing. Yes, I just you can. I, I can't. Oh, all just right. have a guffaw. <laughs> Have yourself right. a guffaw. Well, this is this is uh, this is coming from uh, from Chelsea, and I think it kind of goes with what we've just been talking about. Now the Blues are winning some games, and we can all stop panicking a little bit. I have an expansion draft question. I read a, an article on the Athletic that predicted Seattle's picks uh, now that the trade deadline is over and done. Vince Dunn was their pick for St. Louis uh, per usual, but they mentioned that technically the Blues wouldn't need to protect Schwartz because he is a UFA. Could you go over uh, what it uh, could look like if they had decided to leave Schwartz unprotected? He has mentioned recently he has no desire to leave STL so could Armstrong use that to his advantage when deciding who to protect okay a couple things there uh Schwartz absolutely has to be protected the reason he has to be protected is the expansion draft is before free agency so he actually technically doesn't become unrestricted until July 1st the expansion draft is like the 22nd to the 21st of June okay so yeah he would have to be protected which that's why you want to get a contract ironed out here because if you're going to waste a protected spot on a guy, you better hope that he's part of your team next year because six or seven days later, all of a sudden he's a free agent and he's gone and you wasted a protection spot. So that's on Schwartz. Uh, as far as Dunn goes, I, guys, I don't see any scenario why Seattle wouldn't take him. I don't. I don't see a scenario that the Blues can actually protect him, and therefore I don't see a scenario that Seattle won't take him. That's my opinion. The only thing you can do is like last time where like Doug Armstrong could pick up the call, the phone and call Ron Francis and say, I know you're going to take Dunn. If you don't take Dunn, I'll give you a first rounder or I'll give you two second rounders and you pick player X, somebody else. Now is this. You take Mackenzie McEachern. No disrespect, but I'll give you, you know, these picks or this young prospect in return so that you don't take the is guy that I want. is that above board or is that uh, you're allowed to do it? You are allowed. Oh, to Vegas do Vegas changed okay. the game, Jeff. Oh wow, okay. Why do you think they were so good right away, dude? And they were good right yeah, right away, yeah. and they had people's picks. The next year, they had like they were like literally like mafia gangsters. What are you going to give me so I don't take this guy? Okay, well I'm going to take him. That's not enough. Well, we'll give you this too. Okay, Damn. or give us this player, and we won't take this player. But I, but you know what though, I really do like that when they got into the league, it wasn't like a two or three year, four year process where they were the where they were the boot of the league. Nope. You know, like I, I really like kind of how that. I mean, they came in and were legit yeah, right that's away. Great for the NHL. It's great for the TV contracts. It's great for everything. So will Seattle be that way too? You think? Yes. Now teams have gotten smarter, right? So you listen to Doug Armstrong talk uh, on our show a couple of months ago. He just said, "Look at." We've all learned from that. So there's certain things that we've already put in place to where we already are comfortable with a list of players we're willing to lose. So if they come knocking at the door looking to, you know, suck us dry of these other guys, no, here you go. Here's a list. You can have these guys. 
we are prepared and willing to lose player X, Y, and Z type thing. See, this is this is what I wish the NHL had a little bit more of in the offseason is now it's June, we've got the expansion draft. July, we've got the the amateur draft. Like, you know, those things like in the NFL that I legitimately look forward to in the offseason as like bench parks. Yeah, Yeah, like these kinds of things, man. Like, like They have quite a bit, Donnie, when you think about it. They've got the expansion draft, the amateur draft, and then free agency. A hundred percent. And I do think that they do a very good job of that, unlike Major League Baseball, which is just, whoa, man. Have you ever, like... Not to sidetrack it there, but quickly, just more of a comment than a question. I don't know if I've ever seen a Major League Baseball draft. I don't know if I've ever even known it's been going on. It it happens, but it is. uh, It's not fun. Well, see, here's the thing. Um, I don't ever. I feel like I know about the same amount of the players when it's like the first round of the MLB draft versus first round of the NHL draft. But there is just something about the process. And I think the process is kind of the same for both sports in that you're not going to see that guy for four or five right. years, yeah, most yeah, likely. Yeah. But there is something about watching the, the the NHL draft that I can get through that first round. But, but the MLB draft, by like pick four, I'm like, oh my God, of course he went to Vanderbilt. Whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just ready to move well, I'm on. With you. And you know? they're quicker in the NHL. Like the NFL draft, even that just went by, they're like, they're on the clock. And you're like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wake me up when they're off the clock. I just want to say one thing real quick that doesn't have anything to do with this podcast. The Bills drafted an offensive tackle in the third round from, uh, I believe it was Northern Iowa. After he got the call from the Bills general manager, Bill Bean, his parents set up a white folding table for him in his front yard, and he climbed on a chair and jumped through the friggin' table, and now I love him. I love him. You should get a shirt that has that on it. Dude, I, it would be pretty funny, wouldn't it? It would be pretty funny. <laughs> Yeah, one on I have right a shirt that with that, that on there. Yeah. <laughs> right now. That was so well played. Uh, we should probably wrap up, and I haven't even brought up Clem Costin yet. But anyway. Well, no, let's hit on him real oh, quick. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. What's, the, what's the story? I don't know. I thought you guys had <laughs> So last I, last I heard Clem Shady's coming in uh, on Tuesday of this week, and then he's got a quarantine, but nobody knows the quarantine. Yeah, it's going to depend. Uh, the NHL and the NHLPA, along with local health officials, it's probably going to be like seven-day quarantine. He'll probably have to test negative like four times in that period. I imagine if he's not already vaccinated, I'm sure the Blues will offer that to him uh, as a possibility just because I know a lot of the players, at least 85% of them, have already done that, probably more. But anyways, uh, yeah, and so then he'll be available to the taxi squad as we're going to send him right away, which is now it's it's like that tweener, right? Between the American League and the NHL, they have this thing called the taxi squad now. And so he'll go there and practice We'll see him before the end of the season. We absolutely will see him in the Blues lineup. Uh, whether they're battling for a playoff spot or they've clinched, I think if they've clinched, you'll see more of him. But if they're battling for a spot, he could be valuable too. Uh, there's lots of guys that I think he could do better than. Zach right Sanford? Now. Yeah. Lots of guys that he could do better than right now. Uh, and I'm excited to see him play. He's, he's an older, more mature version of himself. He's 22 now. Looks like he's figured some things out. So it's exciting. It's really, really neat to see the change. Or, or going to see. I've read about it. The Athletic, thank you very much. Um, I've read about it. I can't wait, I can't wait to see the difference in him from going over there and not just playing more but winning a championship, learning how to do that and then come back here. Well, and he I mean, was a big part a, of it, too. Wait. Yeah, that, that's what I meant. Yeah, he was actually, he wasn't just on the bench. Yeah, no, he was a big part of it. And Bob Hartley, um, doesn't matter what I think of Bob or what Bob thinks of me, we're not the best friends, but that's okay. 
Um, Bob Hartley's a former NHL coach, and he, uh, according to Tim Taylor, director of player development that we talked to with the Blues, said they had great lines of communication. Uh, some of the videos that were shared back and forth, Bob took the time to be in on the Zooms and to talk with Clem at the same time as the Blues. So it was a it was a team effort. Man. Was that a, speaking of team effort? Was that a bathhouse he was in? Did, he, did anybody else follow Costin on social media? I, I don't. Looked like they had a team photo in a Russian bathhouse. I'm just saying. The uniform was towels. <laughs> yeah. No, the Russian sauna, that, that's that what, a thing over there. Okay, so it's not a bathhouse. It's well, a sauna. It, the same it, thing, really, right? I don't really know. But I do know that the Russian sauna, like that's a like a company thing. Like it's it's a rich person thing right, in Russia. Right, right, yeah. And the hockey teams used to be like, okay, like once a month we're going to go do this. And you, you go in and there's like the, the sauna and there's a person in there that like takes these like eucalyptus branches and they like beat you with them and like all this stuff. And then you massage and then you get in the cold tub and then back into a hot tub. It's a whole event, man. Yeah. And you're drinking the whole time. And I think that's what that still picture oh, was guaranteed. from. The whole team was there. Yeah. yeah, you're drinking and so everything's hitting you sideways. You leave there pretty much on a gurney. <laughs> I'd say... And, and but know, a champion. Yeah, but a champion nonetheless. <laughs> and I know that we're, we're wrapping up here, but to me, I, it, the most fascinating, one of the most fascinating parts about sports and athletes, to me, is the maturation process of it and how it hits different people at different times. It, it, it's just because, you know, back in the day, I would have thought, eh, guy's not playing well, get him out of here, right? trade yeah. him, boom. Yeah. But there is there there is so much, much more to that, and it's just so fascinating because it gets into the, you know, the actual human being and not the player. Well, imagine being an 18-year-old kid coming over from Russia to the United States. Think about that. I can. I was, I don't even know, 35, 36 maybe. I went to Russia as a full-grown man, adult, kids. I've traveled, man. I'm, I know what I'm doing. I was like, holy crap. What a culture shock. Yeah. So imagine being 18 where he doesn't even like, I think of my boys. They're turning 18 soon, and they can barely find their way out of the subdivision. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now, that has something to do with their mother, of course. Right. But that being <laughs> said, yeah. Um, imagine being 18 and going to a country and then you're still a boy. So from 18 to 22, he's had a lot of physical maturation. He knows what's expected. He's seen a lot of things now. He's learned a language like this is going to be interesting. Wow. I can't wait. wait. All right. As always, thank you very much for listening. Jamie, Jeff, Donnie, Last Minute Blues podcast. We will be back on Thursday. And as always, let's go Blues. The Last Minute Blues Podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.